Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. Well, hello there and happy Monday after Super Bowl. It's Hancock and Kelly holding forth till 10 o'clock. Here we are. Get it out of the way. I spent some of my weekend with you, and uh, much like the uh, Chiefs, you uh, came out on the right side of our Well, I, I, you know, it, it was uh, played a little snooker, and, uh, you know, I, we've been playing, I don't know, three years, three and a half years. Yeah, like I've that. gotten not better at all. Oh, you have gotten better. Uh, well, your, your game has improved. You're maturing. Your, your game is maturing far better than But mine. something happened on Saturday that's happened precisely one other time. Oh, are you going to tell our, everybody about that? I am. Um, oh. And and what was remarkable, Michael? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about when you spilled the beer all over yourself. No, okay. uh, okay. no, oh. I, I, I got a, I got a, <laughs> a more than forty break on the snooker table. That's twelve balls in a row, which which is is impressive. Now for the pros, that's you know that's a that's a ho hum you know regular afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for you know for us, a little stiff like myself, I mean, well, it was kind us, of a big period. deal. I because think the most I've done is like twenty four. Uh, yeah, that's twenty six. I think you got the one yeah, time, so. uh, which was very uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you had a forty, a what? It was a forty-two. Yeah. And, but what was remarkable about the forty-two, Michael, is that I woke up the next morning, uh-huh. and I re- was able to recount every single shot oh. of that break. So the way it works in snooker is you you got to make a red ball and then a color ball. The color balls are worth varying points. The red balls are worth one. And uh, the color balls, when you make them, they get respotted on the on the spot on the table that belongs to them, and you just keep shooting until you miss. And so it began, Michael. You left a red ball hanging over the corner pocket. Yeah, no, I, I do and, remember and a that. A simple shot, and uh, I put it in. Yeah, uh, I came off the bottom rail. I had a very nice shot on the black ball, but the problem was the reds were clustered in the middle. There was a couple up in the middle somewhere. But there was the cluster of reds right around the rack that you really can't do much with. Uh, But there was one red that I could get to, but I had to apply follow English on the cue ball as I potted the black. And I potted the black. I went two cushions, came up the table for the next red. Now I'm at eight points in this break. Mm. Now I've got to pot the one-point red, which I do. It's a simple shot. And I've got the black ball then to the opposite corner. I'm at nine, and then I pot the black ball with a little screw. On the cube, backing it up after yeah. I popped the black. I'm now at 16 uh, on this uh, on this run. Now it's a difficult shot. This is this is the time, Michael, that separates the <clears throat> pretenders from the contenders. Okay. Because I've got a long red ball to the far corner of the table on the green corner. It's probably a seven and a half foot shot. I made it. I'm now at 17. Now I'm in the middle of the table with the cue ball. The blue is off of its spot, and I've got a very uh, nobody, difficult nobody cares. angle on the blue ball, yeah. uh, which I have to slice into the same corner that I just deposited the red. The blue, of course, worth five points. And with a little low left-hand English, I potted the blue into that corner. I'm now at 22 points in this break, Michael. Okay. And then a red to the middle. The blue now back on its spot goes to the opposite middle. Now a red to the opposite middle. And the blue to the opposite middle. I am now at 
what would that be? 16 and uh, 3 times uh, 6, it would be 16, 18 and 16. That'd be uh, uh, yeah, 24 points. Mm-hmm. I now make a red ball for 25 mm. and uh, another blue. Yeah. Uh, now uh, I'm at, at 30. Okay. And, yeah. And it just went from there. It did. 42 so points. I, I can't remember my first date with a girl uh, with such vivid description as you just remembered. The 42 points that you scored against me on Remarkable. a Saturday Remarkable. in a seedy pool hall in West St. Louis County. Remarkable. Where uh, we were getting stared at by people who were wanting to know what kind of a goofy game we're playing. And, oh, listen to this. So, PJ, we have this group, the couple comes over and, you know, hey, I didn't want to interrupt you, but notice you were playing this game. Then, you know, <clears throat> I don't like to talk, John says, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a snooker expert. Why don't you come in and sit down, and I'll teach you how we play. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, whatever. I believe they, never, wanted, never, I, they wanted to yeah, watch. I'm they came never, over never and asked land. if they could watch. I'm kind of half ignoring them. And all of a sudden, he says, well, uh, once you've evolved a bit in the game like I have. You, I didn't uh, say that. You will uh, start to play some strategy behind the placement of your third and fourth shot. Well, the whole key is uh, controlling the cue ball, Michael. I think you would agree. I, I bet everybody out there has got a friend like I've got here that just uh, they relish these peculiar moments, if you will, uh, and and will will tell these stories it's as if they're talking about hunting, uh, you know, uh, Godzilla himself. Bigfoot. Uh, uh, Bigfoot himself. It was almost like a quest for Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there I was at 42. I was I never had a half. 50 is a half century, they call that, you know, in snooker. Yeah. Never had one. And I was one shot away. One shot. One small little delicate shot from hitting uh, my 50. But I didn't get there. He is John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We're going to step aside a little bit early. We're taking you all the way to 10 o'clock. But when we come back... Obviously, yesterday was the biggest television day and the biggest sporting Did day you watch of the, the year. I watched the game. We are going to visit with our NFL insider, who's going to give us a rundown on what exactly happened. All we're tackling in the next segment is the football aspect of the game. Can't wait. Right here on KMOX. I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. In the National Football League, only one team, after months on the gridiron, with blood spilled and bones broken, all in a quest for glory. Only one team can emerge as champion of the world. And here, after rolling the dice, is our NFL insider, John Hancock. I started a joke. Give me Brock Purdy. Give me Mr. Irrelevant. The first quarterback since Tom Brady. It's only Tom Brady and Kurt Warner and Brock Purdy to win the Super Bowl, their first full year starting. I'm rolling the dice on the San Francisco 49ers. Well, there he is right there, Nostradamus himself, uh, the NFL insider of the Hancock and Kelly show. It is a terrible day for the world and an even worse day for the United States of America, gentlemen. Why would that be? Because the evil empire has won. The elder abusing on the sideline team 
has won the Super Bowl yet again. The team of pride, the team of arrogance have, have allegedly won the Super Bowl with a little help from the refs again, but that's okay. That's okay. okay. Well, walk me through what ref error there was that cost oh, the 49ers oh, yeah, the yeah. game. So, so the, there wasn't one error per se, so much as that the Chiefs had two of the most heavily penalized offensive linemen in the entire league, and they didn't get a single holding call that entire game. It looked like there was a lot of jersey grabbing to me, but I'm not here to blame the refs. At the end of the day, the San Francisco 49ers beat themselves. Kyle Shanahan, we got to start looking at this guy. That's now three Super Bowls where he has been calling the plays, where he's had a double-digit lead and has blown every single one of them in baffling, baffling fashion. Well, here's here's what I want to look at. So you have the 49ers late in the fourth quarter. They're inside the red zone. Uh, they're at or inside the 10. I can't remember. And they couldn't pull off a play to get in the end zone. They kick a field goal. And maybe that was in overtime. The Chiefs drive down the field. And they've got a play they've not shown, uh, maybe for the whole season, the pass to Hardiman. Was that... Was that strictly a, a difference in coaching ability that determined that game? Well, it, it was coaching, and, I mean, that played a hard man. I mean, that was very identical to the game-winning play they ran against Philadelphia in last year's Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Miko Hardman had been very quiet all game then comes out of nowhere to make that catch to win the Super Bowl. But Andy Reid, you know, I think he made adjustments. And the Niners' defense, uh, they had a strong plan to stop the Chiefs. The Chiefs weren't moving the ball. And then Greenlaw just injured his Achilles on the sideline celebrating a fluke freak accident that yeah. really changed the complexion of the game. And with, what, two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, Kansas City kicks the ball to San Francisco, and the muff punt is what winds up costing them the game. Yeah, yeah, they had that muff punt in the third. I mean, it seems like a little bit of divine intervention there. It hits a 49er in the cap. The Chiefs get it. Bang, they're in the end zone, and they're off and rolling. And now I have a confession to make. All right. I have a confession to make. So when the 49ers took the lead 19 to 16 and they missed that extra point, I put money on the Kansas City Chiefs live money line there. I, I it's blood money to me. I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud. But unfortunately, from that point, I knew how this game was going to end. And it would be in my my disgrace, my disdain. But I figured I might as well make a little money out of it. Well, I'm glad you made some money. Now, on the on the missed extra point, yeah, it was a low kick. I mean, the guy had made a 50-some-yard field goal earlier in the game, but he was an inconsistent kicker throughout the year. Now, I've heard it said that the quarterback is the most important member of a football team. How important is the kicker on a football team? Well, Are they the second most hurt. important? Not, not even close to the second most important. Man. I mean, you know, it's kind of like uh... – you, know, you want to have a good one. You hope you don't need it. But, you know, when the going gets tough, you're going to need one. And I'll say this. You hear a lot of talk about Tom Brady being carried by Adam Vinatieri in that defense in early in his run. Harrison Butker is 9 for 10 on field goals in the Super Bowl. Vinatieri is 7 for, for 10. He made two uh, field goals over 50 yards last night. He is really, I mean, he really was a secret weapon for the Chiefs. But uh, Mahomes, no one's saying, oh, Butker bailed out Mahomes like you hear about Vinatieri and Brady. A lot of bitterness there in your voice there, Mr. NFL Insider. Just, just a tad, just a tad. Yeah, I, I mean, this has got to be a bit humiliating for you that, uh, I mean, you were pretty bold. In fact, I checked out your Twitter earlier in the week, and for a man who spent uh, time going to not one, but count it, two Taylor Swift concerts, uh, you wound up denouncing your uh, fandom of uh, Taylor Swift. 
So look, a, a man has to have a code. A man has to have a code. And if I am the Kansas City Chiefs self-proclaimed number one hater, I can't support anyone in that organization. And that unfortunately includes Taylor Swift. And it, it was painful to do. It was tough to do. I mean, I spent enough money on the Eras Tour. I could have gone on an extravagant European vacation last year. I'm not talking hostels <laughs> and backpacks. I'm talking a nice vacation. I have a PhD in Swiftology. And I know more, I've forgotten more about Taylor Swift than 99% of the Swifties out there could ever hope to know and it's unfortunate but as i said a man's got to have a code and that is why i am officially denouncing taylor allison swift i mean let's be honest folks beyonce is a much much better performer <laughs> lana del rey is a more talented songwriter oh, and Lord. adele much much better voice oh listen who he sounds like <laughs> i, I, I caught a little believe yeah, me yeah i believe you all right i believe you I all right well you. that's a that's a that's a big move uh now <laughs> let's get let's get back to the uh to the football on the field so you know the the chiefs they made enough mistakes to lose that game i'm thinking about the the drop uh you know uh, pat, uh, the dropped uh toss to uh What's his face back there? Yeah, yeah, you had you had a Pacheco fumble. You had a Mahomes interception, the first interception in right. the playoffs, and I believe seven games. And that, that was the start of the third quarter. You get a Mahomes interception, you're midfield. You need five, six, seven yards, kick a field goal. Shanahan calls three pass plays. Brock Purdy, and I will say this about Brock Purdy. He he did not lose them the game, but he did not do – he put them in a position to win, but he did not go out there and win it. I think he is exactly what we thought he was. He is a – slightly above average NFL quarterback. And if you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, without a doubt, unquestionably yeah, the second greatest quarterback wait, of the 21st century. Wait, but wait a minute, though. I mean, uh, the, the San Francisco was in that game all the way to the end. I mean, the fact that Mr. Irrelevant took him to the Super Bowl, you're wanting to throw him to the bottom of the heap. I mean, uh, I'm not, not the bottom. I, I, said, I said above average. I'm not calling him a fraud, as I've been wont to do with plenty of quarterbacks <laughs> out here. Uh, but, I mean, he had an 89.3 rating. He was fine. He was fine. He made some big throws. You know, the Spagnola pressure, they blitzed him late on third down, late in the game a couple of times. He was lost. Again, I put that on Shanahan. You have to see that coming. You got to give Brock a screen to beat that blitz. That's what Mahomes was doing all game was beating the blitz whenever they had the audacity to bring it. Uh, Brock Purdy was fine. I, I'm not saying he's bad. He's an above-average quarterback. But you know, you throw, you you know, Joe Burrow on that team, they win that game. You throw, you know, Tom Brady, at 46 years old on that team, I think they win that game. Yeah, uh, and you know, the one thing that one of the things that I noted in that game, if you go back to the NFC Championship game between the 49ers and the and the Lions. The 49er defense was not impressive at all in that game, but they won. I thought the defensive scheme they ran, especially in the first half against the Chiefs. Yeah, until Greenlaw went out. I mean, he and was, you really, yeah, exactly. you really think the Greenlaw injury made the whole difference? I, I think it made a key difference. I mean, he was flying around out there. He was hitting hard. That was an impactful loss in the middle of that defensive uh, lineup for San Francisco. Uh, you know, Chase Young, I have to say, had, had a great game. He had been very quiet since they acquired him earlier this season, and he came out at the best game of the year by far in the Super Bowl. He was very impressive. Nick Bosa was getting get, – they did a good job containing him, but he was getting pressure. That line was beat up by Mahomes. I mean, you have to give him credit. He was moving up in the in the pocket all game, so it didn't matter if his tackles were getting beat. He was moving up, gave himself more time, and he was making the adjustments needed to let that thing rip. And his receivers, who had dropped so many balls throughout the year, you know, they, uh, MVS, 
And then Hardman had the two touchdowns. Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who couldn't catch a ball to save his life in the middle part of the season, got a touchdown pass yesterday. Look at the Let's look at the weapons on the on the 49er offense. Uh, McCaffrey, I think, had a very good game. He had, did have the fumble in the first quarter. Uh, I thought Debo Samuel was a little quiet in the game. Uh, he didn't. He got targeted some, but he did. You know, I, I was expecting more there. I thought Debo could have been the MVP going in, but nothing close to that. Yeah, I mean, eleven targets, only three receptions. Um, you know, some of those throws weren't on the money, but I mean, he was very underwhelming. I mean, he barely had more receiving yards than Kyle Uzcheck, which you wouldn't have thought that. If you, I would have told you that before the game, you would have known that the Niners weren't going to win this thing. Ayuk fairly quiet, and how about George Kittle? Which, for the record, I've I never I've never said that George Kittle is better than Travis Kelsey. I just want that because that sounds like a hot take. I might have let fly, but I've never said that. But George George Kittle <laughs> completely disappeared, a non-factor. And back to Kelsey, real quick. Can we talk about how he assaulted Andy Reid on the sideline? Yeah, what was that? I mean, I, I all I'm going to say is if he's doing that with the cameras on, millions of people watching, makes uh makes me worried about a uh, you know, pop star I used to be a fan of. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. A little anger issue, perhaps, eh? Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> don't, don't you think he was just expressing his desire to get the football and try to put it in the end zone? I mean, it, well, yeah, but you know why he wasn't out there for that play? It go, goes back to the Gronk argument because he's not a good blocker. He can't block, yeah, that's exactly, exactly. right. Okay, so let's let's go there. John Hancock, our NFL insider, are the Kansas City Chiefs officially an NFL dynasty? So, look, you look at the John Hancock Jr. dynasty rankings. Unfortunately, they check all the boxes. Three titles in a five-year window, and they went back-to-back. San Francisco Giants, not a dynasty. Kansas City Chiefs, dynasty. Well, there you have it, folks. Wait, 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 we've got a couple other things we got to get into with them. Right. Number one, do we expect them to repeat next year? No, or at least compete. Well, so here's the thing: I I, I don't know how you bet against them to you know not win the AFC. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be back and healthy. He's the only guy not named Tom Brady that can beat these guys, and honestly, they kind of beat themselves when they went against them. I've lost all faith in Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Justin Herbert, maybe if they if the Chargers get a good coach, uh, if their new coach is better than the Joker they had previously, they may be a team to look out for. I think the Chiefs uh, have a great shot at getting back to the Super Bowl. Definitely. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, that's a major statement from our NFL insider. Now, fortunately, you're going to continue to appear with us on Hancock and Kelly late nights going forward. But uh, what does the NFL insider do uh, with their time when they're not? following the NFL since we're going into the offseason. Yeah, so it's time to watch a lot of a lot of film, a lot of X's and O's, see what I missed. Uh, you know, I was about 60% for th- these playoffs. That should be 100. There's no excuse to not be perfect. Watch a lot of film, do some scouting, um, and see what happens. And then we got baseball season right around the corner. No question about that. And, of course, the, uh, the draft, not too many months away from us right now, the NFL. I think it's in April, right? Uh, I know you'll be scouring the draft board to tell us who those top picks are going to be and for which team, and uh, we'll take a look at that. He is John Hancock, our NFL insider, kind enough to join us from Chicago, Illinois, and we will see you next week right here on The Voice of St. Louis, X. When we come back, it's What's Trending with Braxton Payne on X. 
Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, if you're a regular listener of the Hancock and Kelly Show, this week, this time, every week on a Monday night that Hancock and Kelly are here, we go to the guest line where we're joined by Braxton Payne, the king of pain, to talk to us about what's trending. Good evening, Braxton. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Um, I just want to say that I might need be the new Super Bowl uh, or, I mean, the NFL insider because I'm the one that predicted uh, – Pretty close to the right score and the right team that won last week. Yeah, so. and, and you didn't renounce your fandom of uh, Taylor <laughs> Swift the way that our NFL insider did. Uh, we you know, know that you to be a new uh, father, and uh, the NFL offers for young folks uh, 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 alternative programming, if you will. Did you all watch uh, Nickelodeon's broadcast of the Super no. Bowl with uh, Young Gia? So we did not watch it, but I did flip over to it just to see what it was like. And I'm a regular watcher of CBS Morning Show, which uh, has Nate on there, which is one of the announcers. So I was interested. I've been watching, you know, every morning. I pretty much have it on in the background for an hour, two hours, and they've been plugging it all week. So I was like, you know, I'll see a couple minutes of it. It was quite interesting. I could see why kids, you know, probably from the ages of, five to 13 would be interested in, in a Nickelodeon uh, type broadcast versus the regular broadcast. Yeah. During the season, they did uh, one, I think they may have done it on the Disney channel where they did uh, the toy story theme and it was cute as could be. I really enjoyed that. I flipped over a little bit to the Nickelodeon thing. I don't get the green slime thing. I don't understand it, but whatever. Well, growing up, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, we had uh Nickelodeon was was just you know kind of becoming pretty big you know the Rugrats was on there but then they had the developments of kids game shows and the slime was part of those game shows so when I was growing up the slime was was huge I mean you could buy it and like you know Target and things like that and quote-unquote make your own slime I remember we would have parties and we would do our own game shows and and throw slime on each other so it's kind of kind of developed um, you know over the past 20 plus years uh, but it's definitely something I remember uh, from my childhood for sure. Well, when our NFL insider was about seven, we had a birthday party at the house, and the green slime ended up on Mrs. Duncan's eaves, uh, <sighs> and uh, there it was on and, her eaves. Yeah, it was on the eaves on her house, and I'm thinking, uh, how'd they get out there? Poor Mrs. Well, the slime was flying. Yeah. And uh, and there it was, green slime on Mrs. Duncan's Eve. For and, a second there, I thought this was code word conversation. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no her, her, you know, gutter eaves underneath the thing. Okay. And it, the eaves at such a height that no, no one could reach. <laughs> okay. And I, I didn't want to put a ladder up against Mrs. Duncan's house. And, and so the green slime stayed there well. uh, for approximately 13 years. Oh. And it's gone now. And, uh, a little uh, rainstorm finally. Well, and Mrs. Duncan is no longer with us. <laughs> but, uh, but Jim and Kathy next door know not about the green slime uh, on the eaves. So well, that's I, good to hear. I can, I can relate to that. Braxton, what is trending out there? Well, we have a couple things. Obviously, we have the Super Bowl. Uh, if we want to get off that topic, we have two other ones. We have uh, Right to Work, which is interesting. And then we also have... Michael Jordan and the news. So Michael I, Jordan. I want to do Michael Jordan. Yes. And so it's this is good. It's not good. I like to like hide, you know, bury the lead a little bit sometimes with these what's trending. Yeah. So 
Last night, there was some breaking news during the Super Bowl, which I'm sure neither of you gentlemen had any knew anything about. No, no. So Michael Jordan has a son my age. He's 33 years old. His mm-hmm. name is Marcus Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and then you have his girlfriend at the time. Her name is Larsa Pippen. She's also on The Real Housewives of Miami. And that is right. She used to be married to Scotty Pippen. Wait a minute. Chicago yes. Bulls. Wait this a is minute. true story. Michael man. Jordan's girlfriend? No, Michael Jordan's, Jordan's son's son girlfriend is, is Scotty Pippen's, Scottie ex-wife. Pippen's ex-wife. ex-wife. Yes. Well, yeah. do tell, Braxton. So what is the so, breaking news? So, so Larsa Pippen, you know, 49, and, and my, uh, Marcus Jordan is 33. Mm. Uh, the current season of Real High School of Miami is currently airing, and they're on the show together. They're, they're lovey-dovey. They started a podcast together, Ooh. Marcus and Larsa did. And, you know, oftentimes the question gets, well, how does, you know, Michael Jordan feel about this relationship? Because obviously he played with Scotty for many years. They had, you know, some falling outs, but they were good teammates. They won championships. And, you know, she oftentimes just sidesteps it. Marcus kind of ignores it as well. So it's been playing out on the show for the past three months. Wow. Well, last night during the Super Bowl, uh, Larsa Pippen put on her Instagram story, should you unfollow your exes? And then Marcus Jordan put on his Instagram story a picture of him and his father, Michael Jordan, watching the game together with some cryptic messaging. Um, And so they kind of went back and forth with these subtle things on Instagram. Well, they've been dating for a little over a year. Well, it came out today in page six that they are separated. And one of the main reasons that they're separated is how Michael Jordan felt about their relationship. And he did not approve of it is what was leaked. Whoa. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of family drama, a lot of uh, interpersonal situation going on. So let me see if I can set the stage here, Braxton. You got, yes. you got well, Marcus. You it, jo- this ought to be good. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I yeah, okay. if I ascertained well, what right, the man was, was yeah, saying. I'm with you. Let's go. So you got Marcus Jordan over here, 30-some uh-huh, years old. And you got uh, Larissa Pippen over there. <clears throat> and in, Larsa, Larsa. But well, yeah. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And she was married to Scottie Pippen, who was the teammate of Michael Jordan, who was the father of Marcus Jordan. And Larissa Pippen, or whatever her name was, and Marcus Jordan... Uh, have an age difference of approximately 16 years. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and they're they're doing the they're playing the they're you know they're it's it's all going there. And uh, <laughs> for some period of time, while they're on the television over here on the Real Housewives of San Antonio or whatever it is, and and so and now she's posting on her Instagram page that they got this thing going, and he's making uh, these comments. So Marcus, I'm talking about uh, these comments over here, very cryptic in nature. And then all of a sudden, boom. It's over because yep, Michael they, Jordan they, has put an X on the relationship ray. And how did we all know this? It, it's a famous way that everyone knows when you break up. Yeah. They did unfollow each other on Instagram last uh, after the Super Bowl Whoa. last night. So wow. that's how everyone knew. And that's you know. And then it got leaked, obviously, the press and page six. And but what, what they, like, they were like going to get married and stuff, weren't they? This was like a big scandal that. It caused Michael Jordan a lot of issues and stuff, right? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of lot of drama surrounding it. Uh, I mean, Marcus Jordan he played basketball overseas for a little bit, but he does have his own clothing company and shoe brand. Of course, it's actually it's 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 very successful. Um, but he is is a very mild mannered man, and Larsa is obviously. Uh, you know, she wants to be on a reality television show. She was friends. She was lived in L.A. for many years and was friends with the Kardashians. If you go back and watch old Kardashian episodes, she's often in them with them as one mm. of their friends. 
so she's always been uh, featuring the limelight and an interesting <laughs> pick when you're married to Scotty Pippen for <clears throat> over 20 years and have four kids. And then you uh, divorce, and then you date, you know, somebody that would have been probably around in the locker room as a child. She's uh, um, And she's over the crest of the uh, mountain, as they say. Uh, what do you mean by that? She's over the hill, Michael. Well, she's 50. 49. Yeah. Yeah. She's 49. That's, 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 that's about hill, my age, bro. Right. What, what, what I'm saying is there's more behind her than there is in front of her is all I'm saying. Oh, well, I didn't well know if you look at pictures mind. of her, that's probably accurate as well. So. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she's she's crested the hill, and, and young Marcus over here at 33. You know what? I got a problem. I got a problem with these parents like Michael Jordan pushing their kids out there. <laughs> 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 Keep going. Well, you know. Well, like to follow into the same business. Yeah, like show pushing up their and kids and out there to play basketball. Or who does talk that? on the radio. Yeah, who does yeah. that? I mean, who, who pushes their kids into doing that kind of stuff? I got a problem with it. That's all I'm saying. So, Brax, is this uh, is this going to be a theme? Well, I mean, does this kind of throw a wrench into the real housewives? Because if she's a housewife... And this right. is happening in real time. Well, how can you be a real housewife if you're not married? Well, she used to be married. Well, to most, she's most of them are not married. Yeah. So it's most real ex-housewives. Really of, of what, yeah. what city are they ex-housewives? They, they, are, they live in Miami. Miami. In Benito, Miami. They're, they're real ex-housewives of Miami who was going to be a real housewife of Miami until her 33-year-old paramour broke up because his father said no. How about a well, I think what's what, going to be interesting is because they've already filmed the whole entire season, so they're going to have to watch their little love fest go off for the whole thing. So they're going to be they're going to be he and she and out there while uh, they don't mm-hmm. even follow each other on Instagram anymore. This you is why reality television is a bad idea. You know who's also on that show? It's no, hard it's to say. Martina Navratilova's wife is a Real Housewife of Miami. Wait, wait a minute, Martina the 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 tennis player tennis is a lesbian. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and so her, her, her wife, wife is a part well, of you the can't, show. You can't slip one mm-hmm. past Kelly, can you? <laughs> wow. Now, does Martina show up on that show, too? She does. Uh, she does. She just, uh, her big, uh, not a storyline, but, you know, last year she was diagnosed with uh, throat and yeah. uh, mouth cancer, and oh, she, she's Wait. now beat that. Um, and, and but so she shows up, and, and does she like get allows no. them to film her and stuff? I would. Yeah, she, they they show up her. at their house. They have a farm out in like this, like you know, the not obviously Miami, but like the far outside where his her wife takes care of a bunch of farm animals, and then they have a nice little condo well, right there. Michael on, Jordan doesn't house. allow them to film at his house, does he? No, no, Michael Jordan. Did, I don't. I don't believe he lived in Miami. Well, Marcus. No, he so. lives in Marcus, Jupiter. Marcus doesn't live with his father anyway. If he does live with his father no. at thirty-three, we got some real problems here. Well, he was living with Larsa, but he was he uh, was so living he with her. Home. They were living yeah. together. Well, Braxton, yeah, he has his own is, place, but he was always there. Information. So, mm-hmm. well, there you go. I say let's put him on the farm out there with Maria Navratilova and let him take care of the pigs, and uh, we'll call it a day. He is <laughs> Braxton Payne. That was yeah. something. I yeah. did uh, of all the things I was expecting tonight, Michael. Yeah. That was not one of them. No. Hey, Brax, uh, how's Gia? Uh, she's great. She was uh, a little bit of a what I call a tiny terrorist today, but other Ooh. than that, uh, you know, we're growing. You know, we're growing. We're going. We're we went from size four to five diapers, and she's not even one yet. So I mean, she'll be one on Sunday. Yes, yeah, so. what I was going to say. It's got to be right around the corner. This Sunday, she's going to be one. This Sunday, what is that like the seventeenth or something? The eighteenth. The eighteenth. Yeah, yeah. And she'll be wow. one years old, and she's walking around. That she's got fast. two bottom teeth, and uh, wow, she's 
She had her first hot dog today and had some lasagna for dinner. So mm-hmm. she's uh, she's living the oh, life. Oh, oh, how was the lasagna yesterday? Oh, oh, tell yeah, me about John, it. I want to hear it about was, it. It was top ten yeah. lasagna. Okay, I've had. I mean, it was from I where? Picked it up. I picked it up, and I probably should have had more than just two hands. That how that's how heavy ooh, the, the pan ooh, was. It was ooh. just full. And it was 10 layers, 10, ten layers ten. in there, oh and just goodness. cheese on every layer, oh. nice Italian sausage and, and ground beef and mm. on every layer. But it was handmade pasta oh. with nice uh, provolone, oh. and, provolone and, and mozzarella cheese. Ricotta, ricotta. And, it's got to have ricotta, ricotta in there. Ricotta scoops oh. in, in the middle layer. Yes. Mm. It was delicious. I had it for breakfast today as well, yeah, a little yeah, bit of yeah. leftovers, and I had it for a little bit of a snack around 4 o'clock. How was the sauce? Oh. Oh, the sauce is great. I mean, it was like a little, it had just enough garlic, but yes. not too much. Okay. And it wasn't dark red, you know, no, no, it's no. Like more no, like a vodka no. sauce. Yes, a vodka sauce. Yes. Oh, and mm. where was this from again? This is from Press. It's uh, Press. Press, and it's right on like Jefferson and Gravois in the city. They're open Thursday through Sunday. I'm there. I, I, I mean, I, I may go there tonight. How late are they open? Uh, uh, to, well, they're not open on Mondays, but oh. Thursday through Sunday, 11 to 8 or 11 to 9, I believe. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. He is the king of pain, <laughs> kind enough to join us every Monday night. Braxton, we'll talk to you again next Lasagna. week, huh, brother? Uh, yes, I will. I'll talk to you guys later. Lasagna. Hancock and Kelly rolls on. One more segment to For the News right oh, here on the Mighty Mighty Mocks. To late night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. This is Usher. Yeah, whatever. You didn't like it? No. I thought it was good. It's a hollering and screaming. Well, yeah, that's music, dude. You know, it's music. That's what your parents used to think of Elvis. What? A bunch of hollering and screaming. I think my these parents kids liked these days, all they want to do is make noise. You sound like an old man over there. I am an old man. Well, I know, but I hey, listen. Th- it was fine. I didn't know any of his songs. I All knew right. that one. Uh, that was the last. What's song that he thing played. called? I don't know. Do that. Do that. Hey, hey. Yeah. Come on. Ba, ba, da, ba, a very hey, inventive hey. Uh, melody line there. Uh, but you don't, uh, you don't see that coming out I, of George. I, but Gershaw. I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I thought there were. That was fine. There was good little singing. Well, he took his shirt off. Boy, the guy's got a, a nice little uh, physique, huh? Yeah, I'll take my shirt off too if they want to see something. Mm, could you imagine? <laughs> You look like that Kelsey brother. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see that taking those two beers and slamming them together? And John Hancock just, do you ever want to do that after like a good snooker shot? Just no. like drown a beer and be like, yeah, I No, get it. buddy, I, I like to play it cool, as, as you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Uh, you do. usually like to complain. But so, I, I thought it was not a bad halftime. So you rated it wasn't the, great. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. not, it's not in the no. upper, it's not in the pantheon. I won't remember it next year. Usher will not be remembered. But, but I wasn't, like, hating on it. Like, yeah. a lot of people were hating on it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was kind of like um, last year where they had Rihanna. Same deal. It wasn't great. It wasn't awesome. Why do they was... even do it? And here's, here's the problem. What do you mean, what, why do they even do well, it? Well, because, Michael, here's the problem. Oh, boy. Halftime, 15 minutes. You watch a game on Sunday. There's a 15-minute halftime. They go in, they meet the offense, the defense, they kind of, you know, yeah. and they're back on the field. Boom, the game's back on. Right, right. This thing, mm-hmm. they they put the stage out there. They bring uh, Usher, whatever his name is, uh, Brianna or whatever mm-hmm. her name, and and they get they get they get out there and they start singing, and they and they sing for 30 minutes, and then they got to take all the stage uh, stuff down. The right. musicians got to leave the field. Here's- you got. 
It, it's what don't the, you get? It was over a four and a half hour game. Fifty million people are watching it. What's the matter with those people? One hundred and fifty million people are watching that game. Why wouldn't they have a nice little halftime show? Some of the greatest halftime shows Let me tell ever. You Let me tell you something. What? If one hundred and fifty million people are watching the game, yeah, I'm going to say maybe seven, eight hundred thousand watching that halftime show. Oh, I uh, I tend to disagree with you. Uh, I, mean, I would bet most of the younger audience, uh, younger a audience. lot of the Swifties, yeah, um, and a lot of the uh, younger people, uh, high school and I younger, had my were pick, most my excited. My toothpick was going overtime right there during oh, that halftime show. I can only imagine what I was happening out there at Delmar Gardens one with your group. That was over there. The, yeah. They were probably getting the green jello ready for you to come on, weren't they, when oh. the, they come out with the uh, I halftime could, I show? I could use a little green jello. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's Michael Kelly, and I'm John Hancock. We've had quite the uh, quite yeah. the hour with each and every one of. Hey, my favorite segment every week's coming up. Maria Kina. That's she's right. going to waltz in here and tell you the news, and then she's going to stick around with us. All of that coming your way right here on the Voice of St. Louis Cable X.